Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. Welcome back, everybody. This is the latest episode of the Level Up podcast, where you learn how to go from agent to entrepreneur. We have a phenomenal conversation on deck for you. Brendan Payne is here. Greg Harrelson is here. Gentlemen, welcome officially. Hey, excited to be here, especially with my business partner, Brendan. And I'm glad he's going to join us. And um, I think people are going to be impressed with the knowledge that he's going to add to our conversation, Matt. Yeah. Brendan, officially welcome back. You've been a guest uh, for for uh, for us before, but it's been a long time. Like since we first launched the podcast, I think you were maybe guest three or four, something like that. So it's yep. been a while. Yeah, I'm uh, excited to be here, Matt. Well, catch the, catch the audience up if they don't remember from your first episode what position you hold and what you spend your days kind of doing within the organization. Yeah, so I've got um, kind of a dual role. I still produce with uh, a team of about four or five agents uh, in the Myrtle Beach market. And then, uh, as Greg mentioned, he and I are partners and um, have a couple offices in Charleston, South Carolina, where we expanded to. And gosh, we've probably been in this market now um, going on about five years. So um, spent a lot of time growing that team down there and um, kind of coaching them on the fundamentals that, that I learned as a, as a new licensee and just uh, helping them kind of achieve the, the goals that they're, that they're uh, trying to get to in this business. Yeah. And we're talking about, you know, essentially how to create breakthroughs. So, Greg, kind of set the scene for us a little bit, because this this conversation came about from you just thinking about the things that you've learned from coaching agents. Yeah. And you you ended up coaching two very, I mean, wildly different types of agents. So let's let's talk about who those were real quick. Yeah. So when I was, you know, uh, working with uh, Mike Ferry organization and I, I still participate with Mike Ferry organization a lot. So most people know that I'm a fairly committed uh, client of Mike's. Um, but, you know, for years, there were times where I was coaching, you know, for the organization. And it was interesting. I found that um, the people that ended up in my coaching schedule, so my, my coaching clientele, were one of two people. It was either somebody who was brand new in the business wanting to kind of break through or break into um, a real estate career and really wanted to hit it hard, go fast, you know, kind of uh, get to a, a higher level, you know, quicker than most. And uh, so that was one category. The second category were top real estate agents. Um, these are people that uh, I won't mention names. I, I don't think that would be appropriate, but say people that were already earning a million dollars in income you know, or $600,000 in income, like real income to them. I'm not talking about gross and, and whatnot, like real money to them. Um, I, I would find a lot of them in, in my, uh, my, my schedule. And in the beginning, you know, my, if those of you that listen to these podcasts and whatnot or see videos, I'm fairly straightforward. I feel like I can almost, you could probably sense what kind of coach I would be. I would probably not be the cheerleader coach. I'd be the confrontational coach, the one that would be willing to confront you and challenge you right now. Um, you know, so I think most people would, would get that. Now that I said it, everyone's like, oh, yeah, I'm sure that would be the case. Um, <laughs> and I always thought that that was really the value that I brought to the top producers, 
is like my value was that I could actually stand up to them and coach them, not admire them. Because a lot of times if we look at these top agents as idols, then we become lesser coaches ourselves. And then we may not say what we want to say because we want to we want to respect what they've accomplished. And, and I think that's important. And but I think my style fit good with that clientele. But in the after I was involved doing this for a while, I realized that in order to really break through as a top agent, it was it required very similar fundamentals, um, very similar strategies as it was as what was required for the new agent. And I think that's what, you know, we could explore right now is what I, what was interesting, a breakthrough usually occurred when the top agent got back to the basics that they actually have strayed away from that got them to the top producer status. The new agent needs to learn and take action on the basics. What I saw with a top agent is that as they grew their business, they replaced their business that they were getting from the basic things, like say prospecting, lead generating. They may have been doing a hundred deals from that source. Well, what they did is they found a new source, like say a Zillow, hypothetically, or some other bold leads or something like that, and they replaced the hundred deals. But all they did was replace the hundred deals. They didn't, the key was to add a hundred deals. So they switched from doing deals in one way to now doing the same amount of deals the other way, which means they plateaued. And they were constantly frustrated that I'm not growing. I seem to be, I made a million this year. I made a million last year. I really want to grow. And that's what I figured is they got away from the basics. And when we added the basics back into the program, then all of a sudden, now they went to the next level, which is the same basic fundamentals that the new agent has to, to, to learn if they're going to grow a business and jumpstart their career and get the top producer status quick. Gotcha. That's really interesting. So, so just to recap, so we, we talked about the core fundamentals, but what, what's happening when, when somebody becomes a high-profile agent and you get a hold of them in the coaching is you would dig in and you would find that they had essentially left behind some of the core fundamentals that made them a good successful agent in the beginning. And you're saying that they had switched out some of their lead generation pillars for something else that was easier, like let's say buying leads versus generating them through outbound prospecting. So you, your mission was to get them to go in and return back to the fundamentals, but not lose the other lead gen pillar, right? So rather than that just is, replacing, getting back, right. replacing bot leads with, with free leads and still coming out, with the same, you know, outcome at the end, the same, uh, the same gross, you know, commission. Yeah, that, that, that's kind of it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So I think if we took, if we took twenty top producers right now, mm -hmm. and whatever top producer would mean, however we'd measure it, and we asked them in the first few years when you were growing at this rate, what did you do? And then we say, what do you do now? There's going to be a difference. And, and all I'm saying is like, can you imagine if you do what you do now, but you reintroduced the things that you did when you were at that high growth rate, there's your breakthrough. So the key is you don't need to learn anything new. You just actually need to, you know, kind of rekindle that habit that you are already, you know, you already had. You just kind of like 
replaced it with something else. And I'm sure we have, you know, all kinds of justifications like, well, that took time for me to do that. And this is more efficient. I'm sure. And we have to work all those things out in our coaching conversation. But yes, that's what I'm saying is to is it, you want to people go from I have two dimensions to build my business to now I'm going to add a third and then drop the first and still net only two dimensions. Yeah, we got to add the dimensions. But when we add one, don't drop one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Brendan, you're you're coaching a lot of agents there in the office. Does that resonate with what you see? Yeah, it, it really. I mean, what it comes down to is it's it's um, the the fundamental or the the part of the breakthrough is the same for the person that's going from zero as a new licensee to 10 or 12 deals trying to get to that breakthrough. And it's the same as a person that's doing 100 deals and trying to get to 150 or 200 to get to 300. The only difference is the producer has demonstrated that they can produce. But the the things that it took to go from zero to 10, um, they're probably going to be, there's not going to be anything um, significantly different. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a very interesting approach, Greg. That's that's not it's counterintuitive, first of all. Uh, but it isn't. I, I I believe you, and I think people could probably look back at their own performance, and and it resonates with with what we feel like when like when we hit a sticking uh, like a sticking point uh, in in our business and even in our lives. This applies all over the place. So we'll often look back and realize that we've dropped a couple of habits. Yeah. And that could be yeah. prospecting habits in the business. It could also be, you know, habits of your morning routine. You know, you might be dropping workout habits. There, there's usually something that whatever got you to the level that you're at when you find yourself stuck. In other words, go back and look at the habits. Go back and look at the routines in your life and your business because at some point along the way, we probably dropped one of the core fundamentals, right? Yeah, and, and in real estate, I think one of the one of the things that causes us to drop these things is we get um, bored, right? right? Like it becomes a habit and, um, and it's working. And then all of a sudden, as, as it becomes more of a habit and we see better results, it's really crazy. I feel like sometimes we, and myself included, sometimes start to see, well, I need to be doing something more significant. And so then they kind of try to go and say, well, this would be new and let me go see if I can make this work. And then I would feel like I'm still growing. Like, I think people sometimes feel they're not growing if they're just doing things the same way all same the stuff. time, even though they're getting good results. They get they get bored with it and they want to. And then all of a sudden they feel like they don't have um, they're not as significant. If they can make it that easily then I'm not as significant. It must be harder than this. So then they go create something new so they can feel good about that. And I, I have to say, for those that are going to be top agents listening to this, I'm not saying that, you know, that all of you need to stop running your businesses and then go start cold calling. Don't hear that. But I do know that if you did start your business off making some outbound calls and today nowhere in your organization are outbound calls being made then i'm saying outbound calls need to be reintroduced to your business whether or not you have to do it or you have you you develop a team to do it is not significant to me what's significant is the activity must be reintroduced into the program now on the flip side if you're a top producer and all you're doing 
is outbound prospecting, then I would say to you, then we need to introduce something in addition to. So it, it goes both ways. This is not just about prospecting. This is about making sure that however you built the business in the beginning, that we don't forget that. That's interesting. And I'm surprised you said that, actually, that, uh, that it doesn't matter who is necessarily making the calls. Uh, it, well, it matters whether it's taking place within the business. Yeah, and it's all about return on time. You know, uh -huh. I mean, Greg Harrelson is not making outbound calls. But yeah. you can bet your bottom dollar you will never come into Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And, and, and see that there's, and, and see um, or, or witness nobody making calls. See, when I stopped making calls, my business didn't stop making calls. That was me stopped making calls. And when I stopped making calls, believe me, I made sure that I not only had enough people to replace me in that area, I probably doubled that amount of people to make sure that if half the people didn't exist anymore, then I still had a bench that could still take care of the things that I was no longer doing. Gotcha. So it's not necessarily as you as the leader returning to the core fundamentals and the daily habits of the things that you used to do as a new or upcoming agent. It's making sure that the business as a whole, once the, especially once the business gets bigger than you as a person, you have other yes. people involved, that, that you don't lose the lead generation pillar that your business once stood on. So don't knock your own legs out from under you while you're trying to build another leg. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Hey, Greg. Brendan? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to ask him because we've talked about this before. I think it might be a, a kind of a good illustration, really simplify things. If we set aside mindset, because I, I think you probably agree, mindset is probably the number one thing. Um, involved in somebody's growth or in, in their ability to be successful. But set that aside as a, a different conversation. I've had a hard time trying to find another category besides the, the three categories of skills, contacts, and systems that if you think of anybody that you've coached from zero to 20 deals in year one or from 200 to 300 deals in year one, is there anything that you can think of that affected their breakthrough that doesn't roll up into one of those three categories of skills, contacts, and systems? Because I've, I've struggled to find anything that I would say outside of mindset that doesn't fall into one of those categories. So in the beginning, the zero deal person, they've got to focus all on their skills and just talking to mm -hmm. people. And in the, the producer, then usually to what you were, what you were talking about is they may pull off on the contacts. They got the skills, but then the contacts go down or maybe they lose because of who they have access to. They lose sight of like, what systems do I need? How can I do more with the same 24 hours? Um, what are your thoughts on that? I think that's an excellent observation, as a matter of fact. And you kind of handcuffed me when you say besides mindset, because I think <laughs> yeah. my, because I kept that's going back to, yeah, it's mindset, it's mindset, it's mindset. But you're right. That is a given. OK. And um, what I just put on my little note here is like, OK, I, I see. Uh, first of all, I agree. I think that's a great observation. So I want to be clear on that. And where my mind went temporarily was. Like I see with the newer agent, I would probably, uh, I'd focus on all three, but with a newer agent, I'd be skill heavy in my communication. 
With the top agent, I'd probably be system heavy in my communication. And with both agents, I'd be contact heavy. And I can tell you that has been from my, through my journey from new agent to today, that was one thing, Matt, that was always, if I was, if I was going to add something else, it was going to take an hour out of generating then there was never there was never an option and there was never a question that the contact still had to be made even though i might not physically be the one that was making them gotcha okay that makes sense yeah and i yeah. can't think of uh, you know outside of mindset nothing nothing sprung to mind either that that can't fall under that because um pretty much anything that isn't our own skills and and talking to people in other words making personal contacts i think everything else in our business whether it's buying leads whether it's bringing on people, uh, would I think it would all fall, fall under the, the uh, system's heading. And so that makes complete sense. If that's where you spend most of your time dealing with the top producer. Um, and then, Greg, to your point, when you take that top producer who's hit a, a plateau, mm -hmm. usually, you, so it sounds like what you're saying is a lot of times they may have been over-focusing on the systems and they lose sight of the contacts. And part of your job as, was, as a coach was to pull them back in and refresh them and make sure that they're still paying attention to the number of contacts, even if they weren't doing them personally. Yeah, that's okay. right. Yeah, it, it comes down to, I think what happens, you know, you've seen those little, I, I don't know if it's a circus or whatever, you got those little poles and the plates are all spinning. We need all these plates spinning at one right. time. And what ends up happening is there's usually like a skill plate and a contact plate, and then they drop this plate. We need all those plates spinning at one time. So I think it's easy for the top agents, and it's critical that the top agents spend time in systems. Critical, because we're all trying to leverage at this point. So, um, but there's a point where, where too much is too much, where you spend so much time with the with the uh, with the systems that you forget that you still got to be out there generating those contacts, and so whether it's your team, whether it's yourself, all I'm saying is we've got to be able to juggle all three of these at the same time. We got to keep them all going in the air. I just see that usually we go from say the skills contact systems, we go from those three three balls to like down to two balls. We need to keep the three balls in the air at all time. Mm, love it. I, I really do believe that because it, it's not a like a top producer that's that that's plateauing. Um, there could be some complacency. We could talk about complacency. Maybe we'll do that at another time. But when it comes to there, there I see a lot of top producers right now in today's marketplace plateauing. I really do. And the challenge is, is now they're saying, well, I don't know if I want to spend another 10,000 a month on Zillow um, or I don't know because I'm not sure what the market's going to do. Right. So this is like, to me, the danger zone when there's a possibility that the market could be shifting. If anybody thinks that that's a possibility and you're actually relying on a, a lot of things that you don't necessarily control, this would be the right time as a top agent to go back to the fundamentals and add them back into your business. So if something happens, you've kind of mitigated any of the loss or risk that you could be exposed to. Gotcha. Now, excellent. Now it comes down to what Brendan said one time uh, is, you know, there's a lot of distraction out there. There's a yeah. lot of people telling stories and, and, and pulling people, you know, in one direction or another. I don't know if we save that for another time, but yeah, I was going to say, yeah, we absolutely should because I want to get into that, but I know you've got much more to say on that. Um, 
Let's finish up with uh, with this. Brandon, what's the best way to reach out and connect with you, especially if you're in kind of the Myrtle Beach or Charleston areas? Yeah, just uh, directly at Brendan P, as in Payne, and then the last name Payne. So Brendan P. Payne at Gmail. Excellent. And Greg, text. same for you. Um, you know, I, I like people to reach out on Facebook Messenger and just go to Facebook, shoot me over a message. Then it's less emails I have to deal with, and I can just shoot you back an answer. I just had um, a, somebody have no idea this person. If you don't mind, can I even just share what they uh, they uh, they said? The question, just to give you an, an example of what I get quite often, is yeah, somebody – yeah, somebody told me this guy's name's Irvin in South Florida – and he says, I just want you to know, I probably consume more of your content than your own agents do. And, uh, you know, LOL, I thought that was pretty, <laughs> he might be right. Uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, I get these Facebook messages and he was just saying to me and asking me questions about like, hey, you know, he says, I'm pros prospecting like seven or eight hours a day and I'm not setting that many appointments. And, you know, how many times should you call expires and how many times should you call FISBOs? And my response back to him is, and I'm paraphrasing his conversation to me, and my response is, is, you know, the higher the quality of the lead source, the more it's okay to call them multiple times to try to get them on the phone. Because it comes back to return on time. Like if you're cold calling, don't call somebody 30 times to try to get somebody on the phone and you don't even know if they have any interest. But, you know, it's okay to call a FISBO and an expired multiple times because you already know they passed the test of wanting to do business. So depending on the quality of the lead source, you can, you know, that could determine the quantity of the attempts. The yeah. quality of the lead source dictates the quantity of attempts. So... That was a conversation we had via Facebook Messenger. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so, guys, take advantage of that. Uh, obviously, not too much because Greg does no, have No, not too much. <laughs> it's not too much. But anyway, uh, but you can also go, speaking of consuming the content, go to the leveluppodcast.com. You can get all the back episodes there. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can leave a review on iTunes, which would be awesome and amazing. We'd love you for it. Uh, if there was a particular guest episode or if you really enjoyed Brendan being on the podcast, for example, make sure to give uh, Brendan a shout-out in the review when you leave that on iTunes. And that being said, gentlemen, thank you so much. Uh, we'll look forward to uh, picking this uh, this conversation up in another recording. Thank you.